Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome to the Speak Healing Words podcast. I am Janelle, your host for our conversation today, and boy, am I glad you have found your way here. Welcome, welcome. One of my favorite words. Settle in. Take a deep breath. Today, we enter into week three of our four weeks in Ephesians 4. This week, we are diving in deep. I, in fact, just put on my boots. Because <laughs> we are going to answer a very tough question. Why am I so angry? I had to ask myself that question years and years ago. Because in full disclosure, I had a big problem with anger. I let it get the best of me. The biggest part of that, though, is I didn't know where the anger was actually coming from. So today, I really want to be authentic and vulnerable and have a real heart-to-heart about this complex subject of this emotion that we all possess, a God-given emotion, anger. Let's go ahead and look at Ephesians 4. Now, you might hear some paper rustling today or some background noise because I have a lot in front of me. This is a complex subject. And so I want to make sure that we cover it well in this very, very short time together. So in today, we're going to go to Ephesians 4. And we're in Ephesians 4 because I personally felt as I was writing Overcoming Hurtful Words, my newest book, that Ephesians 4 was absolutely filled with rich nuggets written by the Apostle Paul, that if we indeed put these into practice, they would be a game changer in our emotional lives. That when and if we put verses 1 through 32 into practice on a daily basis, we commit them to heart, we inform our spheres of influence that Ephesians 4 is going to be a guide for how we relate to one another, that it really honestly will make life richer and more meaningful and rewarding. And, and most importantly, honor God and make our hearts have far more capacity to love others. So this week, in week three, we are looking at verses 25 through 31. I am reading from the New International Version. There are so many versions of this ancient text 
And I love, love, love to go to BibleGateway.com and look at the different versions. Uh, This beautiful app, this beautiful website allows you to put versions side by side. And I do that almost every time I read a scripture and take it apart because it helps me have far better understanding and comprehension. So here we go. Are you ready? Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. Therefore, each of you, that's you and me, must put off. There are those two words again Paul loves to use. Put off falsehood. That would be lying. That would be facades. And speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Verse 29. This is one of my life Verses, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Please circle benefit if you write in your Bibles. Oh my goodness. And do not grieve, do not make sad, do not quench, do not hinder the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of our Trinity, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. What is anger? As I said, you're going to hear some papers in the background today because I've got lots in front of me. So when I want to really get to a full, deep understanding of the the words within a word, I go to Webster's 1828, the, the very first beautiful dictionary that Noah Webster himself wrote. And it's filled with insights and scriptural insights as well. And I love it. And it's so great that today I can just go to Google and Webster's 1828 comes up on my computer. I don't have to go lug my big, heavy green linen dictionary that's actually falling apart because I've used it so much. I can just go and do a quick search on the internet. Isn't that a blessing of this tool that we have in our modern culture? So Webster takes anger, the noun, and he he reads and shows to us the Latin root ango, A-N-G-O. Sit back, lean in, listen, whoo, something. It comes from the root to choke strangle, to choke strangle. Mm -hmm. Oh, please, activate all of your senses today as we are really going to Ask our mind to visualize the affect of our anger, our uncontrolled, unbridled fits of rage and brawling. 
It means to vex. Just even saying that word. It brings anguish. In the Greek, it means to strangle, to strain, or draw together to vex. So what imagery is coming to your mind at this moment as you are listening in to the real root of this word anger, the primary sense of it meaning to press, to squeeze, to make narrow, to strangle. It is a violent passion of the mind excited by a real or supposed injury. And that's very important. When you get the transcript and you download that, please just highlight the word supposed. And this violent passion of the mind is usually accompanied with a propensity to take vengeance or to obtain satisfaction from the offending party. This passion, however, varies in degrees of violence. Okay, that's also so important. And in ingenious minds may be attended only with a desire to reprove or chide the offender. Now, Webster uses old English man. He, he uses great words here. What he's just saying is that there's various degrees of anger. There's various degrees of this passion. Anger in and of itself is not a sin. Anger is a healthy, God-given, God-breathed emotion. Because there are times in our lives when we need to have a righteous anger. We need to have an anger against someone who might be attacking us or affronting us or hurting our children or or robbing our homes or there's a time and a place to have anger. We need anger. We have to have anger. The problem, and Paul addresses it here with three words. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Highlight, circle, mark, do not sin. What he's saying there is in your anger, do not choke, strangle someone. Uh, do not cause harm to those in your circle, in your family. In Now, remember, there's a time for righteous anger. If you want to really dig into this yourself, if anger is something you really struggle with, I have to tell you to go to this book, Uprooting Anger by Robert D. Jones. It's a game changer and it gives you the brilliant distinguishing factors between God's divine anger, righteous anger, and then human sin anger. And that's what we're talking about here today because we only have this short conversation. We're talking about unbridled, uncontrolled, fits of rage, anger that, excuse me, hurts people closest to you. Anger is also excited by an injury offered to a relation, friend, or party to which one is attached. This is where we're honing in. That's where we're going to hone in. Anger is a universal problem prevalent in every culture. It's experienced by every generation. No one is isolated from its presence or immune from its poison. 
It permeates each person and spoils our most intimate relationships. <clears throat> Anger is a given part of our human fallen nature. I have a confession to make. I am going to always be authentic and vulnerable with you. I am putting off falsehood and allowing my true self to come into this conversation because we need to allow one another to be human, to be people who will make mistakes. I was a very angry woman. And I slammed cabinet doors hard and loud. In fact, I slammed whatever I could slam. I was so angry, I didn't, I didn't even use words. The anger was beyond words. And the reason was that I, I actually didn't know why I was angry. I thought that I was angry at the immediate and I need you to lean in here and, and come with me. I thought I was angry at my children. At the time when this happened, it was about 20 years ago when this all, this deep-rooted anger in me started to be uprooted. I think I was home, I was homeschooling. My oldest was 12 and my twins were probably eight. And I, at that time, was at the end of running. I had started a, a dance studio and I fractured my back that year, 1998. And so I was at a massive life transition. The year before my mother-in-law died suddenly, it just, there was so much going on. And I know that you know that feeling. Pressure. Pressure cooker. And I... I just, I just didn't know how to handle that raging inferno inside of my soul. I was so angry and I didn't even know why. So the way my mojo was to slam things, to bottle it up until I couldn't bottle it up anymore. The key here being though, that I didn't even use words. My nonverbal cues, my nonverbal communication was so, so loud that it provoked my eight-year-old daughter, Brooke, at that time, to come around the corner. I was in the kitchen. I remembered. I can see the moment. And I see her standing before me with crocodile tears in her eyes. Mommy, please don't slam the cabinet doors anymore. Please, please stop. At that moment, on my life, my lifeline, my life timeline, my heart broke into a million pieces. I am so thankful and proud of that little girl for using her voice and actually challenging me. Yes, she was crying out because it was hurting her. It was painful. It was causing damage to her heart. Why on earth she knew to use her voice? I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm hopeful that we had an atmosphere in our home where we could 
be that vulnerable. I'm just hoping and praying. And her plea to me was my wake-up call. Maybe you've had one. I knew right then and there that I had to humble myself. I had to get help. And I was in a church system at that time where getting counseling and therapy and taking antidepressants was not looked upon fondly. It was like you just get in a prayer line and you get hands laid on you and you go to Jesus and it'll all be gone. And yes, do I believe all of that? Yes. Do I believe God's a miracle working God in one fell swoop? He could have taken that anger out of me. But I guess because of the path I'm on and the way that I help other people, I walked through help. I got help. I got therapy. I had mentors. I had people around me. And most of all, I just had the word of God. And thank God the Apostle Paul was so ahead of his time. This brilliant man did not have a medical school background. He wasn't a psychiatrist. He wasn't a psychologist. He was just a very wise, very intelligent man who was very yielded to God. And the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, spoke to him. And he said, in your anger, do not sin, Janelle. Put it off. Put it away. Get help. Do not let this have a foothold in your life anymore. Verse 27 in Ephesians 4. I talk all about that in Overcoming Hurtful Words, so please just order the book and read about fatal footholds in the book. I don't have the time to go into that here. What I want you to hear is I had that moment where my daughter held me accountable. God opened my eyes. He made me very, very aware that I had no idea where that anger was coming from. It was not from my immediate circumstances It was deeply rooted in my family of origin pain. So I went and got brilliant help. I read, I studied, that's what I do. And I'm proud to say the fire was put out. It didn't happen overnight. It took practicing the new behavior and putting into practice a very vital tool called emotional regulation. One of the greatest passions I have is to help you have an emotional health toolbox and a spiritually authentic armor of, like, I don't even know what to call it, just an armor on so that you know how to practice healthy behaviors and healthy communication skills. And that starts inside your own heart. The fire was inside my heart, and thankfully, I became aware Thankfully, I took another step and got help. Thankfully, I put into practice emotional regulation. And emotional regulation is just a modern term for what the Apostle Paul brilliantly writes in Galatians 5. It's just a fruit of the Spirit. It's self-control. It's learning to manage this passionate, violent emotion called anger. We call it anger management now, don't we? I'm just so proud to say I'm officially rehabilitated. Knocking on wood here, saying grace and mercy, Jesus, please. No more slamming in my kitchen. That strong emotional regulation tool is always in practice in my life. And I'm so overwhelmingly passionate about helping you now 
put into practice emotional regulation. I'll be writing about it on the blog this week. We'll be talking about it in our e-newsletter. You just need to subscribe so you can get these exclusive resources in your inbox to help you live your best life. Oh, so good. I don't make any promises and I never promise this is easy, but it's empowering. And I do believe that if you put in the hard work, if you increase your self-awareness and, oh, listen, listen here. When you realize that this unbridled, uncontrolled anger is leaving this huge, toxic, unhealthy cloud in the atmosphere of your home, when you realize that, that you will humble yourself and reach out for help. I'm here for you. You know that. Our community is here for you. Get the help that you need to be able to regulate your emotional health. Hmm. Your legacy depends on it. After my daughter and I, you know, after I was working and practicing and being healed from my, my deep, deep root of anger, because I realized I was really angry at my father. I was angry at my family of origins. I was angry that I hadn't that I didn't have the capacity to be emotionally well. I was angry that I had to deal with all of that. I mean, I remember the day in counseling when I went, why was I even born? This is just miserable. Why would God put me in a family that had such toxicity? I had to accept and surrender. And that's not easy, my friends, that I was exactly placed where I needed to be. And that God's divine purpose for me was going to be in helping family systems heal and be whole. And that's why I'm here with you today. So I'm glad I didn't quit. I'm glad I didn't walk away. I'm glad that I pushed through all of the pain so that I could make my way to future freedom. That's what the Heartlift Method, that's where it all comes from. We reflect, we reframe, we reauthor our stories so that we can live into future freedom. And I'm in that freedom now and it's sweet. And I want you to be there with me. So as I navigated this course of healing and moving from anger, unbridled, uncontrolled anger, to knowing how to use my words, use my emotions in a healthy way, of course I had setbacks. Of course I had times when I would, you know, slam a door again and my daughter would go, Mom, you're doing it again. And I was like, oh, okay, I know. But I, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm practicing it. I have asked you to forgive me. Please don't bring it back up. And in that way, I'm working on it. Okay. So we worked together as a team. The whole family was on page. Mom, get healed from anger. And uh, thankfully today, the uh, home that my children come home to is still a safe, sacred, and stable place to be. I know it's hard, very, very difficult to face the truth about ourselves. That's why so many of us don't change. 
we stay stuck in decade-long unhealthy behavior patterns. I really think Frederick Buchner, a brilliant man, captures the essence of why we don't often let go, especially of anger. He writes these words, of the seven deadly sins, anger is probably the most fun. To lick your wounds, smack your lips over grievances long past, roll over your tongue the prospect of bitter confrontations still to come, to savor to the last toothsome morsel both the pain you are given and the pain you are giving back is a feast fit for a king. The chief drawback is that what you are wolfing down is yourself. The skeleton at the feast is you. Frederick, your words are so true. Anger hurts us the most. And an aside here, and I talk about it in Practice 9 of Overcoming Hurtful Words, repression was actually more hurtful to my body, to my nervous system. And I know that it's at the root of why I now suffer with the disease achalasia, My esophagus does not have any peristalsis. My nervous systems, it stopped working. My esophagus now just, gravity takes food down. I had to have an experimental surgery so that I could eat and swallow. Fibromyalgia is nerve-related, arthritis, inflammation. All of these medical conditions came from the defense mechanism I, I developed as a young child to cope with my family of repression. And repression simply means you just swallow your words and you keep them all inside. Well, hence, I was angry. We keep ourselves locked up in an emotional prison that deeply affects our nervous system. And that will ultimately, like it has in my body, affect your overall health and well-being. So today's the day. I think that is quite a bit. We may have to come back to this subject again because, like I said, we put boots on this one. This is a deep subject. Anger's complex. But the bottom line here, and as I do with my clients, what are we taking away from today? Because sometimes my the subjects are so complex, our minds get flooded and we can't hear anything. So I want to make sure that we heed Paul's words in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In your anger... Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil a foothold. And anger here, Paul is asking us to put away the unhealthy, uncontrollable, unbridled fits of rage and brawling. He's not asking us to not be angry. Because we need anger. There are times and moments in our life where anger is the proper emotion. It's when we wield that emotion in an unhealthy way that choke strangles the atmosphere of our homes and makes our children feel unsafe. Oh, oh, can you hear my plea? especially if your parents. Please, may today be the day you become highly aware that you need to get a, con- a grip on your control, on your anger, 
and get help. Today's the day. It's no ordinary day. Today is your day. Now go. Remember you have value, worth, and dignity and that you are remarkable. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.